Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell, take two for news and views from the Nefarium on March the 8th, Thursday, 2018. The Italian elections um, have taken place, and uh, I will be talking about that. I want to bring up two points, very important, especially for members that are planning to be in the vid chat tomorrow. Uh, I have a new sound system, and because of the new sound system, I will not be able to print your questions once the pre-chat broadcast has started. So if you want to make sure to get your questions on the vid chat tomorrow, send them in now. This will be the rule from now on. The reason why is my microphone, uh, my new microphone, it's kind of a studio microphone, I don't have enough uh, universal plugs in the back of my computer to keep my printer and my microphone plugged in at the same time. So you're going to have to get your questions in before the vid chats from now on. After the pre-chat starts, I will not be able to print your questions. Now, I have a second announcement, and, and the second announcement is very interesting given what we're seeing happening in Europe with the Eurosceptic parties. Uh, as you know, one of my favorite researchers is Mr. F. William Engdahl. Uh, he wrote the book Seeds of Destruction, uh, and he, along with some French researchers, really did yeoman's work in exposing the GMO corporate agenda in that book. Uh, he's one of my favorite researchers for that reason. Uh, he blogs occasionally himself, has his own website. Well, he contacted me uh, this week by email and shared with me his new book, and I had no idea that this was uh, actually out there. The new book is is germane to what we're talking about. I've been able to read a little bit of it on, on uh, the PDF that he kindly sent me uh, prior to the book's actual release. The book is called Manifest Destiny, Democracy as Cognitive Dissonance, and he told me in his email this is a study of NGOs, of non-governmental organizations. So this is a very timely and important book. I am putting the link up for you on the News and Views to Amazon. Uh, it's, it's in pre-publication right now. Uh, so if you want to get Mr. Engdahl's latest book uh, early, put in your order because I think this book is going to be very timely and topical. So let's get on to the Italian elections because, as I said, I think Mr. Engdahl, Engdahl's book uh, has a great deal to do with what we're talking about with the Italian elections. Last Sunday, these are the figures of the election results as reported in a Zero Hedge article that I'm linking for you. I'm starting kind of at the bottom today of the second article, moving back to the first article, then I'm going to come back to the second article. Uh, the election results, according to Zero Hedge, are these. Meanwhile, Sunday's election, quote, just like the recent elections in Germany and Austria, has shaken the political scene in Italy, seeing voters ditch the ruling center-left parties, and switched to anti-establishment forces. The Eurosceptic Five Star Movement came out as the top individual party winning over 32% of the vote 
while anti-immigrant Lega Nord Party outperformed expectations, garnering over 17%. So in other words, between those two parties alone, you have about 49% of the election turnout, which incidentally, according to some other sources, including uh, website members here that have informed me privately, the voting turnout in Italy was very high. All right. The center-left bloc party led by ex-Prime Minister Matteo Renzi from Italy's Democratic Party gained some 23%, admitting a very clear defeat in the elections. So, in other words, the Eurosceptic parties have basically uh, outperformed the status quo parties. Now, I want to go to the first article. This is an article, again, by Mr. Tom Luongo that... Uh, kind of sums up the attitude and results in Italy. And I want to draw your attention to some things before I speculate on what I think might now happen. Um, Mr. Luongo starts his article, which is titled, Italy's results are truly Forza Italia. He starts it this way, quote, Europe is... A brand establishment work the polls just enough to maintain the status quo in the Netherlands, France, and Germany. I wasn't expecting much from yesterday's Italian elections, but with turnout over 73%, stop, just let that number alone sink in, over 73%, we got just that. Voters were clearly motivated to change the course that Italy is on. Now, we knew that Silvio Berlusconi's center-right coalition would do well along the upstart five-star movement. The question was always going to be, however, how well would they do? It looks like it was much better than the polls wanted us to believe. Last week, I told you the markets were getting nervous about this election. The weekend news was all about how subdued the reaction was to the polling. As if a major technical breakout to the upside, upside on the Italian bond yields in the face of furious European central bank buying wasn't a strong enough market response. Skipping a little bit here. The bigger result is that of the league, the formerly the Northern League, who came off their secessionist mountain and ran hard on a platform of Euroscepticism skepticism and anti-immigration. The most important person in Italian politics right now is the league's leader, Matteo, the EU can go you-know-what itself, Salvini. The final votes are, when the final votes are revealed, if the league outpolled Silvio's establishment stalking horse, then he has the hammer in coalition negotiations. This is exactly the situation. <coughs> Pardon me that I was hoping for in this election because this paves the way for Salvini to pull out of the weak coalition with Berlusconi and form a stronger government with Five Star. And at that point, the price of Tums in Germany rises sharply on new demand. Now, what's driving this? As you can imagine, it's two things and they're both connected. It's the immigration crisis and it's massive unemployment in Italy that are connected with it. And he gives me a map, uh, gives a map in, in his article. And you can see in northern Italy, the unemployment is anywhere from about 
6 to 12 percent. You move to southern Italy, which, of course, is bearing the brunt of this immigration influx, and the unemployment begins to between 7 and 29 percent. So it's this enormous debt load problem from years and years of, I will be blunt here, uh, socialist spendthrift programs. Now, let me go to the very bottom of Mr. Luongo's uh, article here, because this is an important summarization, I think, and it's slightly predictive. He says, quote, the only path forward in Italy's best interest is Salvini and De Maio coming together and selling a showdown with Germany over the euro and debt relief. Now, uh, he wrote this prior to today. It now appears that Berlusconi's party is going to move far enough uh, to form a coalition government with some of these other parties, but that does not, in my opinion, negate the Eurosceptic agenda. I think this is going to be what's going on. Once they move forward with reforms in both Brussels and the International Monetary Fund, will not back the true face of the EU will be shown, and I expect an already angry Italy will shift very quickly towards Italy, that's Italy leaving the EU like Brexit, just like happened in the UK with Brexit, which, as you know, is being sold out and undercut in a variety of ways by the powers that be there. So, in other words, huge shakeup going on in Italy, and the results, in spite of attempts to manipulate the polls, the results were not what Mr. Globaloni wanted. Which brings me to part two of today's news and views, because guess who's being blamed for, for all this? I mean, come on, Mr. Globaloni, you know, you people, Rothschild, Soros, all you idiots, you guys got to get a new playbook here because the old one ain't selling, okay? Uh, they're, they're already blaming Russia for meddling in Italian elections. I mean, is this getting familiar or what? Uh, I'm, I'm referring to an article here now at Zero Hedge uh, titled Russia Blamed for Italian Election Outcome. I just want to read a few, the first few paragraphs here, and then I'll get to my speculations about what I think could or might happen as a result of these Italian elections, because this is a geo geopolitical earthquake, folks, whether we like it or not. And uh, it's putting Italy in a very nice, strong negotiating position, and it's changed the geopolitical landscape in ways, I think, that really haven't begun to be perceived. Anyway, here's what the Zero Hedge article says, quote, if there is a European election and the anti-establishment parties score a stunning victory, as just happened in Italy and a few months prior in Austria, who are you going to blame? Vladimir Putin, of course. That's what Samantha Power, one of the top diplomats in the Obama administration, did when she shared an article by Spain's El País newspaper about how Russia predetermined the outcome of Sunday's election by spinning an immigration discourse in Italy. Quote, Italy joins long list of elections influenced by Russia. Sputnik will do what Sputnik does. The question is, what are our democracies going to do about it? Will voters repudiate candidates 
who seek to benefit from Russian interference. Unquote. You see, it had nothing to do with the 38% youth unemployment, the stagnant economy, the record debt load, the record number of young people living with their parents, the meager opportunities for career advancement, and the sense that everything is rigged. It was Russia. <laughs> In fact, it is safe to assume that without Russia and its subversive trolls, operatives, and of course, RT and Sputnik, Western democracies would be all one endless utopia with no economic, social, or political disagreements, and without such central bank-created artifacts as record wealth and income divisions resulting in unprecedented ideological and political polarization, unquote. Now, obviously, I, I couldn't really agree more with Zero Hedge if I wanted to. That's been basically my my read of this whole blame Russia thing from, from day one. But now, here's the problem. The geopolitics here is going to get very, very interesting. Everybody is now focusing on Italy and a coming showdown with the European Union itself, Edom S. Germany, folks. And that's true. I think there's going to be a showdown here. And this is going to put the two Central European nations, I think, on a bit of a collision course. Uh, and the problem here is Germany's government, Angela Merkel's current government, is very weak. Uh, she's just cemented this coalition, of course, with the German Social Democrats. But it remains to be seen whether that coalition is going to survive. This may just be the pressure needed to break it apart. Who knows? I don't know. My real concern here now is that Italy is groaning and straining, and as DeLongo pointed out, any deals that it might make with Brussels or Berlin are probably not going to satisfy the Italians, and at that point, they start talking leaving the European Union, all right? And what this means, I think, is now Italy is in kind of a catbird seat, and Italy can begin negotiating even before any of this starts, and I suspect we're going to see this begin to happen. I think you're going to start seeing some direct negotiations between Italy and Russia, Italy and China, Italy and India, maybe even Italy and the United Kingdom. I certainly think that uh, direct trade negotiations and deals are probably in the cards between Italy and the United States, because at this juncture, the, the Italians need something to jumpstart their, their economy. There is, as I pointed out, massive unemployment. You've got a new government that's going to be coming in. It's moved to the right. It's moved to, towards the Eurosceptic uh, part of the deal. And additionally, I think you're going to see Italy kind of... Uh, leading the charge with the Eastern European nations that are also fed up with the EU policies. This is, this is very, very different than what we've seen in Austria and the Netherlands, for example. Now you have a significant large world economy, uh, a technologically advanced economy, sitting squat in the center of Europe uh, that's fed up with the Euro politics that they've been subjected to and the corresponding immigration crisis, unemployment, and everything else. All of these things are kind of linked. So I think that this is a geopolitical bellwether. There is going to be a turn here. I am not going to be a bit surprised if you're going to see 
Italy conducting its own round of diplomacy, Russia, China, the United States uh, moving in very, very quickly to strike some deals. And quite frankly, this puts Italy in the catbird seat. So this will be something to watch over the coming months. Uh, very, very interesting. Like I said, watch Italy. Uh, this is this is going to be very, very crucial. Um, one more time before I go, remember, folks, we do have a vid chat tomorrow. And remember, because of the new sound system, you're absolutely going to have to get your questions in before the pre-chat starts. I will not be able to print questions after the pre-chat starts. So uh, if you've been kind of shirking things and putting it off to the last minute and relying on me to print them, unfortunately, the new sound system is not going to be able to, to, able to do that. Um, don't forget F. William Engdahl's new book, Manifest De Destiny, De uh, Democracies as Cognitive Dissonance, a study of NGOs. I think this is a very timely study because lurking in the background of what we've seen going on in Italy are certain guys with their foundations that have been uh, driving this crisis, participating in it for whatever their own Machiavellian kicks might be. Um, a very timely book, so don't forget about that. Anyway, that's it, folks. I'll see you on the flip side, and God bless.